The 27 member states of the European Union are meeting in Luxembourg as they're trying to find a solution to what they term a refugee crisis plaguing uh, the continent. Of course, these refugees, by and large, coming from places such as North Africa and the Middle East. Uh, the table, the, the, the pr- proposal on the table seems to be quite divisive amongst the member states, very specifically between Eastern Europe and Western Europe. But it's not a mistake, right? There's, there's a history and a culture to that distinction over there. Musa Amdunga is a political analyst and a PhD candidate at the University of Dundee joins us. Musa, good afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome to BTH. I want to start here. Uh, countries like Poland and Hungary refuse to host any refugees whatsoever, uh, while countries like Germany have been uh, accepting, and, and, and even, you know, uh, Britain have been accepting the bulk of refugees coming from these countries. Britain, of course, having attempted to sign a bilateral agreement with Rwanda that just didn't work out uh, under Boris Johnson. Uh, what is effectively on the table now, and why is it so divisive? Good afternoon, and thank you for having me, and good afternoon to your listeners. So, if essentially, um, it's not that Hungary and Poland or or or, or, uh, or the other East East European countries do not want to host people. It is the fact that they are facing the bulk of the pressure currently, and this is because of two flows of migration. One, you have the flow of migration and refugees coming from Syria and the Middle East due to you know the the, the civil war there and the rise of ISIS that was quite critical in drumming up conflict in that region. And then secondly, you have the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which has seen an influx of Ukrainians crossing over into the EU. And so fundamentally, the meeting that is being held today by home home ministers in Luxembourg is fundamentally about dealing with the distribution of of migration flows in Europe currently, given these two pressure pressure centers. And so you have on the one hand, um, the challenge where um, you know, the, the Western European countries need to pay up because they seemingly are refusing to, to bring in more, more refugees and migrants into their countries. And you have the East European countries that, that are calling for that to stop. And in actual fact, that are calling for these countries to indeed welcome refugees and migrants compulsory. And this is where the challenge is today, where Europe finds itself. Yeah. How many refugees are we talking about when we're talking about the dispersion across Europe, right? Uh, because the concentration seems to be around very specific countries, yet the, the United Nations has a description, at least a prescription, on how many refugees a particular member state uh, can welcome in. Yes, this is really the, the, you know, the challenge. I mean, last year, for example, you know, Europe saw, saw about 966,000 um, asylum requests. You know, that is 50% higher than it did in 2021. And, you know, there, there is a mixture of elements here. One, you have, of course, under Angela Merkel, that rise in, in acceptance by Germany of refugees, or about a million um, that, that happened. You have the flows of economic refugees from Africa. We know the instability in countries such as Libya, Libya um, that, that are caused by the Arab Spring, and that's seen an inflow yeah. of economic refugees into Europe. And, you know, just today, um, you know, just to mention, there was a terrorist attack in Anesia in France by a Syrian um, a refugee, or, or migrant rather, who has legal status in France today, an attack against eight children and one adult, where two children are in critical condition and one adult is in critical condition. This on the day where home ministers are meeting to discuss this very issue 
of the refugee and migration crisis in Europe, which is not just about economics, not just about fairness and about our role as humans to, towards each other, but also there's the security implications that are there. And, and this is the challenge that Europe finds itself, especially in a time where we know, for example, that population numbers in Europe are falling, you know, uh, the number of, 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 of births are falling every year. And th there's a question about Europe standing in the world and yeah. its ability to influence the world. And so how it handles this message will, will definitely speak to its soft power as a caring continent if it wants to be seen as that. Yeah, many uh, national security uh, specialists and experts are arguing that there's a mischaracterization of an influx of refugees due to sincere concerns in their home countries versus the threat of terrorism and extremism in these countries. Like you say, the terrorist attack in France was from someone that has legal standing in France. It's not a person who's a refugee and asylum seeker in the country necessarily, right? Because it's seldom the case that refugees and asylum seekers are able to transport in weapons, bombs and artillery that they need to be able uh, to execute a terrorist attack. Uh, are they making the necessary national security investments so that they can delineate between genuine refugees versus potential extremists coming into the country? Indeed, this is a crisis. You know, you raise a very good point here. This is a crisis, especially for countries such as France that have a history of terrorist attacks. You know, but um, the challenge as well for France is it, it, it has emulated indeed by, by people who have migrant or legal status in the country. You know, so as you say, this is not a challenge that's coming from outside, from, from people who are necessarily coming to, to, to France because of terrorism, you know, there are many other, you know, reasons for, for, for the influx into Europe. And so the challenge for countries like France is one, they need to buffer their security, especially at times such as this, where it is the season where they are receiving influx of tourists from all over the world. Yeah. It is the summer season in, in Europe. And so they need to think about how do they increase security, but also what's missing in the discussion is, is also the continental security framework. And I think that's not being discussed right. clearly. How do you ensure that you process people? How do you ensure that you have the right background checks? How do you ensure that, that, that you, you, you can really, uh, you know, surveillance the movement of, 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 of migrant flows in that country? You know, yeah. now, of course, it raises debates about people's, you know, freedom of privacy, and, 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 you know, the draconian rules that can be used in such cases. But again, it's that yeah. balancing act just, between security and just, freedom. Just in the last 30 seconds that we have, Musa, it is Spain that is tasked with being able to put together a deal and galvanize support around that deal. Is Spain strategically placed to be able to achieve that? Well, Spain is one of the countries that are feeling the heat when it comes to migration flows, especially from Africa as well as from Syria. And so it, it really yeah. does hold a, a moral uh, you know, power here in terms of pushing this agenda and trying to get other European partners to buy in. You know, it, it is for the greater good of the whole of Europe that they find an answer to this crisis that is fair yeah. to both sides of the equation. And time will tell if Spain and other countries can get this thing done. Yeah. Musa Mdunga, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Really, really do appreciate it. Musa Mdunga, political analyst and a PhD candidate at the University of Dundee. It's half past three. Let's take a news headlines.